Hello, and welcome to Poetic with Chloe Taylor. That is me. Um, if you haven't heard my intro, because this is the first full episode, um, let me quickly introduce myself. <laughs> my name is Chloe, but everybody calls me Clo, usually. <laughs> and a little fun fact about me that you will learn fairly quickly <laughs> is I love poetry. I love everything about it, and it has helped me through so many hard times in my life. And, you know, it is through the hardest um, things I've been through that I have found that even the crappiest times in some way, shape, or form are poetic. And life in itself is so poetic. And the lessons that it teaches us, whether it's one of those cheesy lessons you see in a Disney film or, you know, the lessons that you carry with you and you pass down to other people. And I hope that in this podcast you can take away something. And even if it's small, but that you could take away something from it. So I decided that I'm going to start all of these episodes with a poem that I wrote um, to kind of open up about whatever the episode might be about and to kind of set the vibe and the tone for the topic that I'm going to speak about. So let me just pull that up. So this poem I wrote not too long ago. Um, It is um, not the happiest of poems, but it is something that I wrote and writing it helped me in this time. So in the time that, you know, that was occurring. So it reads... There is nothing like waking up to tears already flowing down your face before you even get the chance to get out of bed. The feeling of dragging your feet down the stairs, secretly trying to convince yourself that somehow the day will pass. I often pour myself a cup of coffee in hopes that it will make up for the unforgiving insomnia from the nights before. But recently, somebody in my house caught a glimpse of me making my way down the stairs and said, Don't let sadness ruin your day today, okay? And although I know they meant well, it infuriated me. Because I knew that sadness had been ruining me for far too long. But I also knew it wasn't because I was letting it. It was because it was absolutely destroying me. And that it was never a choice. To those who are struggling to even get their feet to the floor in the morning, I see you. To those who are struggling with... The battle of constant sadness. It will get better. Please trust me. Those heels of yours will one day find the floor again and that face of yours will one day smile while your cheeks learn the art of not having to host your room for tears. It will happen. But in the meantime, keep fighting. Every victory counts. Every baby step, every wiped tear, and every slight smile and every cup of coffee. I am forever proud of you, and don't you ever forget that. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the topic. Um, I'm going to be talking about today in looking back of all that I've been through and just that my recent experiences, I'm going to be pretty heavily diving into the layers of depression and anxiety what those layers have been for me and realizing the layers that I went through and that there are layers um I'm gonna go through about um eight ish 
and this is just my experience this is in fact this is just what i have found within myself and my hope is by sharing this that somebody out there who feels somewhat alone or feels like nobody can understand i hope that this proves to them that there is somebody out there that understands and that you are not alone so i'm gonna go ahead and jump right in so the first um the first layer is (laughs) accepting that there is layers um i know that sounds really dumb but realizing that the things that you've been through that they do have after effects and that they will not heal overnight you're I find myself all the time that I always want to fix everything immediately. I want it to be done. I want to, you know, put it in my past. But when I realize that you can't do that when it comes to whatever, like hard times or traumas or whatever it might be, realizing that there are layers to it is, you know, was my looking back at it was like the first realization of what I had went through and the faster I accepted that was the faster was the faster I accepted that there was layers and that it wasn't going to happen overnight and everything I needed that everything I went through needed to happen in order for me to become the person I am is when my true healing process started and when I was able to find happiness and I still struggle daily but I feel that I'm able to and more equipped to deal with those struggles especially now um so I'm gonna go ahead into the actual um you know hurt and sadness and depression and anxiety the actual act of that if that makes sense so the first layer for me what I've realized in myself was the event the things that occurred that triggered the end result of depression and anxiety. Now, it took me even till now to really realize what these things were. I went through a lot of things when I was a kid. I have been through trauma, as we all have. Um, And like I said, it took me a while to even realize that these things were valid reasons of not feeling okay. And something that I want to preface is that your trauma, I think that there's this idea out there that a trauma is like a singular event that caused all of this almost commotion in your life and in your soul and in your mind. And I believe that that is not true. And I want to remind people and I want to tell say this out loud, trauma is not, it doesn't have to be a singular event I think that this stigma is out there that if if this single event did not happen, that it's not a trauma and that it's not worth, you know, feeling this sad over. And it's not, I want to just say over and over again, little things can cause big explosions. One match can light a whole house on fire. It doesn't have to be this one thing and I want to tell I want to tell you that and I want to say that out loud because I don't want you to discredit your feelings and that's huge I I did that for a very long time and it got me nowhere because I was under this impression that 
you know, some traumatic event like you hear in the news had to happen in order for my depression and anxiety to be justified. And that's just not the case. It's not how it works. And please know that even if it's in your mind, not this big thing, it is. If it's causing you, you know, any type of pain or sadness, it's worth, it's worth you accepting and, you know, allowing yourself to not discredit your feelings. And I realized that these events that contributed or, yeah, contributed to my depression and anxiety, I didn't know a lot of them until it happened. I didn't think that these things were that big of a deal until I was dealing with the consequences of these instances that I didn't even remember at times. There were things that happened and I and I almost um, found in my process of, you know, confronting these things that I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that in such a long time. I haven't put it thought into that event or the, that thing that somebody said to me or whatever the case may be. I didn't realize that that was actively affecting me until it was actively affecting me, if that makes any sense. I didn't realize that I was suffering the consequences of actions that I had forgotten about um, by other people or whatever the case may be. Um, and that is okay. That is not abnormal. That is not you know, again, doesn't discredit the fact that you're struggling. That is a legitimate thing that a lot of people go through. And in that event, I think once I once those events occurred, and I think in my personal opinion, why we're able to forget them so quickly is because your body, or at least my body, my mind came up with these quick fists fixes that did work for a while and that'll bring me into the third one where I felt numb like I was convinced that I was okay that I was healed in a matter of days which is insane and you feel okay because your body just like you would do in an instance where if you have a cut and you slap a band-aid on it it's okay it looks okay you can't see the wound you can't see it but as you know that tacky stuff on the back of the band-aid wears off and it starts to the stick it's not sticky anymore and as it starts to fall off and that quick fix is no longer working you see the the cut or the burn or whatever it might be and that it, it can become infected when all this time you're thinking that it's healing it's getting better really it's getting worse under the surface and I think that, you know, that that is why it took me a really long time to be able to deal with it because these quick fixes that I was doing, I thought were working when really they were just completely um, just hiding. I was hiding my pain from myself and I think that that's something that other people I'm sure deal with and if you're dealing with that, it is completely okay. You are not wrong for that. Your body is doing the best that it can. Your mind is doing the absolute best that it can. And like I just um, mentioned, the feeling of being numb, that numbing period. And like I said, that's number uh, three that I'm going to go into is I felt numb after my events, you want to say, or traumas. 
I felt completely and utterly numb. And looking back on those time periods, I can easily say I was very much disassociated from myself. And now that I know we'll go into this a little later, but now I I know for sure that that's what that was. But the best way I can put it is I felt numb and I was numb. I felt like I was okay. Um, I felt like I was fixed, that these things that had happened to me were in my past, that I was good, when really I hadn't even started to confront them. The the Band-Aid was just fresh. I had just put it on. So, you know, like I said, those quick fixes feel like they're fixed in the beginning. And then I started realizing that I was almost feeling like I was just kind of going through the motions. Like I was getting nothing out of my day. I would go and do things with somebody and I didn't even feel happy about it. Things that I loved to do were no longer feeling like exciting to me. I rarely felt excited about life. I rarely felt energized. I was always tired in a very mental sense where I felt like the second I woke up I was immediately drained when I had literally just opened my eyes. Physically felt weak and realizing that that out-of-body experiences and realizing that that was disassociation like looking back you know that's something so real and realizing how long that that quick fix can last it's 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 very I don't know I'm sorry if I'm kind of blanking but on that end but that's such that was such a crucial part and that is a part in my life that lasted a very long time a very long time and like I said your body your mind is going to do the best it can to hold on to that quick fix because it's easier in in the moment it's easier to brush under the rug and in another aspect of that numbingness I saw I mean in that other aspect yeah in that other aspect of that numbing feeling my body was a whole separate issue for me my physical being, my body, my body changed all the time. And by that, I mean the way I physically felt, the way I was eating, the way I didn't want to eat, things that my, it was almost as if my my mind was almost on this high of feeling numb, but it didn't work on my body. Like my body was still struggling, but my mind was trying to convince itself that it was fine. And I, that was a very, and to this day, like even thinking about that period of my life, it, I was just so, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what the, why I was feeling like that. And honestly, if I, if I'm being 100% real, that aspect of my body not feeling okay was the initial, like, wait a second, there's a lot of crap going on beneath the surface. And it was that realization of if I'm okay, if I'm fine, then why does my body feel like crap? If my body looks like this and feels like this, and it, then I'm not okay. It was that realization of, whoa, something needs to be done. And then I'm going to go ahead and from that jump into number four. It was that realization for me that led to the fall where the crap hits the fan of, oh my gosh, like, and 
then in my experience, that is when I was flooded and confronted with all of these things that I had forgotten, all of these things that I had been subconsciously dealing with. I was flooded with these things almost immediately over the course of days, weeks, and sadly months. Um, And some people can deal with this aspect of it for so long. Again, this is just my experience. But my initial um, response to this almost, um, all this being kind of thrown in my face was immediately isolation. I isolated myself immediately. The people that I would hang out with, I didn't want to hang out with them. I was always in my room. I was always in my room. I did not want to get out. I did not want to leave. I did not want to have any human interaction. But at the same time, it was in that period of isolation where I began to feel lonely. And when I say lonely... I don't mean like, oh my gosh, like I need to hang out with a friend because I feel so lonely. Like I'm, you know, that kind of lonely. It was to the point where I felt alone, like on this planet. Like I I genuinely felt like I was so, I was hit with so much stuff and I was trying to deal with so much stuff that nobody in this world could understand what I was going through. And it was as if I was like an alien on this planet. And I I don't know if I can completely understand, like completely explain this feeling, but it's something like I had never experienced before. And that immediately convincing myself that nobody else understood, nobody else knew, nobody else anything, that was enough to kind of shove myself in a corner and I didn't know you know I I don't even know it was realizing how not okay I was and almost being traumatized by realizing like holy crap like I I hope that this makes sense but it was this cycle of not being okay and like I said, being faced with the true causes of all of these problems that I was having and realizing, like I said in the beginning of looking back on it, but even in being in it, realizing the, the layers of the things that I was going through and the layers that I was actively dealing with, the layers of, okay, holy crap, this happened and it's really bothering me and it's not okay and holy crap, like, what do I do with this? Like, I, I can't tell anybody. There's so many things of, things that I, I didn't know how to express because I didn't feel like anybody would understand. And I had to give myself the time to actively, you know, conquer each one of those layers of that spiral of like holy crap this holy crap that holy crap this I was spiraling 24 7 but that spiral had so many different layers to it and I had to allow myself to deal with each one of them because they each required a different set of emotional tools to get past and Again, like I said before, it was in this period that my body took a very big hit. And in a sense of, yes, I lost, like, I lost weight. Um, I didn't want to eat. If I did eat, then I felt guilty about the fact that I was eating. My body 
was still taking the blow in a very, um, you know, sense of kind of when you're distressed and you're like, you lose weight, that kind of thing, elevated to a whole new level. And sadly, again, maybe on another episode, we can talk deeper about this topic. And I want to put out a trigger warning before I openly talk about it. But I went through a huge period of coping with self-harm, coping with, you know, trying to deal with everything. I was doing whatever I could to make myself feel better because it's like a tsunami. Like, you know, the ocean's good, it's going good. And a tsunami, like the initial wave that like barricades the whole freaking city that is all like almost comes in one and then it just flows and flows and flows but that initial wave that like engulfs all the houses that is huge that is like in a not in a very literal sense if you understand what I'm saying but that initial like oomph of the wave falling on the on the houses like that wave of trauma of accepting of realization of pain that you had suppressed of anger that you have suppressed that is so much for your body and your mind to go through especially as still trying to hold up these fixes and almost learning the art of abandoning them and allowing like no this cannot be fixed overnight this is something that I'm going to have to deal with and that is a feat in itself for sure And I think a huge part, and I I wrote in my notes four and a half, so this is, I'm not going to spend too much of it because I don't, it's hard for me to explain, but also realizing that, you know, for me, realizing that how I responded to that initial wave of trauma and realization was my first experience of how of seeing how I cope with things and seeing that it's those initial reactions that your body learns from how can I do better if this happens again and it's those things and how you recover from those things that make you you and I think again and I'm going to just go ahead and from there jump into number five of recovering from those experiences you know, your your body has, your body, your mind, your soul has just been, I had just been through so much and I had, I, I needed air to breathe once I felt like I had gotten to a place of, okay, accepting that these things happened and realizing that, you know, they contributed to something that was much bigger. It was in that realization where I kind of accepted like I need help I need someone I need to talk to somebody and finding a person that you want to confide in and I want to make this very clear realizing that this is something that I thought I needed is not necessarily something that I wanted to do I very much wanted to be able to or I wanted to believe that I could fix this on my own and that nobody would know about it. And this wasn't like, oh, you know what? I want to go talk to somebody. In my experience, it was a very much of like, 
yes, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. Like, I know that sounds kind of stupid, but that's how it felt of like, I knew I had to, but I did not want to. I did not want to open up to anybody. And it was like, who the hell is going to realize this battle that I had been fighting? And this is another thing. This, again, could be a whole episode in itself. But to other people, like a lot of people did not realize that I was actively dealing with these demons. And it wasn't until I, like I previously talked about that isolation period where they were like, huh, Chloe's kind of keeping to herself more. That that might be the only realization. But I think the opening up of like, I'm dealing with something awful and I'm struggling. And for me, like I previously mentioned that self-harm part, then I was having to open up about that. And that finding the strength and saying, I am not okay, I need help, I'm kind of struggling trying to do this on my own, that is a whole feat in itself. And I don't want you to think that that's something that's going to happen or that that's something for me that happened overnight and feel like that's what you have to do. If you're actively feeling like, yeah, I'm not doing okay and I should talk to somebody, but I don't want to talk to somebody. I want to try and figure this out. And even if you're subconsciously still trying to find those quick fixes, that is not for you to blame yourself for. Your body and your mind and your soul is going to want to do that because in the end, it wants to be healed. But sometimes in the healing process, you get hurt even more to be able to heal. And your body knows that and your mind knows that and it's going to just try and fix itself. So it took me a long time to confide in somebody. And again, that could be a whole episode in itself. But um, I realized this and I want to say this the best way I can and I want to say this in the most relatable and understandable way I can because this took me a very long time to realize and accept and it's that people will never know what being in your shoes feels like. The Going through those experiences that you went through, they will not be able to see them through your eyes because they're not you. And I think the second that I stopped expecting people to know how every twitch of my eye and every, you know, breath that I breathed um, felt, once I realized, like, people might not understand those experiences, but there are people that understand the pain that you're going through. And that was huge for me, realizing that there is people out there that don't of course they don't know what I'm going through because like as in the physical trauma aspect because they're not me. Somebody could go through, you know, have the same trauma, you know, going through the same depression, like as in going through depression too. And somebody could be dealing with anxiety too. But how they got there could be completely different. And it was in finding and understanding and accepting that, you know, there are people that you can talk to, whether that's, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend of your best friend, if it's a parent. Now, for me, talking to somebody in my family was hard, and it's not something that I wanted to immediately do, but I did find the courage to do when I realized that I needed it, and it was in that desperation that I ended up 
you know, opening up to somebody. And like I said, that could be a whole topic in itself, finding, you know, how to open up to somebody and stuff like that. And that's, of course, when that getting help can start is making other people aware of what needs to be helped. And lastly, um, I'm, I think I might have briefly said this, but it's healing. And healing can mean so many different things for so many different people. And for me, healing, my first part of healing, you know, in that, in that, um, while I was in that depression stage, after talking to somebody about it, was simply getting words on paper. And like I said, this aspect of, of, you know, number eight healing can be different for everybody. Some people like to talk about it. Some people like to sing. Some people journaling. I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is to find that one thing that you do that you feel confident in that makes you feel good. That makes you be able to feel confident in yourself. That makes you feel in some ways happier. And finding happiness in a stage of, you know, pain is can be hard. And again, like I've said a million times, that could be a whole topic in itself. But finding something that brings you a somewhat joy and finding joy and happiness is a part of healing and I encourage you to actively make you know lunges or I say lunges but I also just like the poem I wrote baby steps baby steps towards doing things that you don't have never done and those are the things that might bring you that happiness. Healing might mean just giving yourself space. Not isolating yourself to the point of allowing yourself to kind of fall back into that cycle again. But giving yourself space to kind of almost rediscover who you are when you're not actively dealing with that like you know, like I said, that fall, that tsunami stage, like, who am I? What do I like? What brings me happiness? What brings me joy? What makes me feel good? What, for a short amount of time, makes me feel okay? What makes me excited for life? And when I started asking myself those questions is when I really started to find the things that I didn't really realize that I liked that I truly fell in love with, like poetry. I, of course, I, like I explained, poet poetry helped me through so much. It's helped, it's been my source of healing. It has been, you know, my way of getting my thoughts onto paper. And it's my way of sharing my experiences with other people so they know that they are not alone and I hope that you know and and like I said in the beginning what I these layers these um layers of this almost depression and anxiety 
that this is not, you know, solid for everybody. This is just my personal experience and what I have, you know, seen throughout my journey. But, you know, finding that thing that brought me happiness was my main, you know, first stepping stone into becoming myself again. And the last kind of little thing that I do want to talk about is once you're, I think, for me, something that I didn't do enough in the beginning of was respecting my boundaries and respecting my triggers. Um, We all have those almost like soft spots or weak spots that trigger us or that make us feel crappy. And I think something that I would encourage you to do is to respect those things. Now, I know that might sound stupid, but when I say respect those things, I mean if, I don't know, I'm going to just make something up, but if seeing this one person triggers you, it makes you sad. If seeing this one person makes you scared, if seeing this one person hurts you in some way, then respect that and allow yourself the ability to get a, to not see that person. You know, there of course we should all, you know, try our best to be better like better versions of ourselves, of course. But I think after healing and when to overcome this, sometimes at least for me, I felt almost like that's like since I was no longer actively depressed and rotting away in my room that I was just okay and that that was just a chapter closed and I realized in not respecting my triggers and my boundaries that in itself can put you into this endless loop of getting better but almost making I was making myself worse because I wasn't respecting my boundaries and I encourage you to respect your boundaries and to respect your triggers and to be to try and do your best to identify them so you can you know get better and over time maybe these triggers lessen and lessen and one day you can confront it but you don't have to confront it if you don't want to if I know that what seeing that person is going to do to me it's going to make me sad it's going to make me triggered it's going to make me want to self-harm it's going to make me want to do things that I previously reverted to and you know that that's the outcome don't freaking do it don't let anybody tell you that you have to do something that you know is going to make you upset that is going to make you sad that is going to put you back in a place and like I said that example I gave is just a single example but that can look different for everybody so I encourage you to find your boundaries know your triggers and respect them and if a goal you have is conquering those triggers then take them lightly take it day by day do not rush yourself and respect yourself and respect your boundaries and kind of attached to that knowing that some people might not understand that and might not respect that You have to give yourself that respect of saying, nope, I don't want to do that. I know it's 
literal it's just kind of sabotaging myself you have to put those boundaries in place before anybody else can respect them so I think making those things known and like I said when I say these things those will take time they can take time be patient with yourself but it was really hard for me to say no I don't want to do that no I don't want to talk about that no I don't want to see that I don't want to see that person some people took it offensively in my life and I ended up losing them and it was so hard for me because I didn't understand why I was losing people when I was doing what what was I felt was best for me at the time but I also realized that people are not always going to understand and it was those people that I lost that I just had to come to terms with were it just wasn't healthy for me and friends that I lost where I realized you know that I had made those friends and surrounded myself with people that I genuinely didn't like or didn't want to be around because I was not okay and it's okay to realize that and let go of people I think that and again I've said this a million times but that could be a whole topic in itself of letting go of people that are no longer healthy for you and I think that is a boundary in itself this person is not help healthy for me this person is not helping me in any way and it I think it's time to let them go um and to heal and I want to heal and I want to put myself first so that's pretty much um that I hope that something that I said might be helpful or might reassure you that you are not alone in what you are going through. Know that there are people out there. I'm going to definitely look into, I want to like make a phone number or make an email where if you know you don't want to, you want to talk but you don't know who to talk to and you just want to talk to somebody. I want to, again, make a phone number or an email where you can reach out to me and I will try and talk to you in any way that I can um, in hopes to help you with whatever it is that you're going through. Um, Know that pain is not permanent. It is a feeling and feelings are temporary. And allow yourself to heal. Be patient with yourself. Those layers will make you who you are and respect your boundaries. Um, Be kind to yourself. Allow yourself to heal. And I hope that you know how beautiful you are and how strong you are. And if I hope you know how absolutely loved you are. I love you and I am so proud of you for everything that you've been through. And I will talk to you on my next podcast. I love you. Goodbye.